Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. This is Marcy hosting again two weeks in a row. Uh, How are you, ladies? Kim, Katie? Good. I'm I'm doing well. The the big question is, how are you with the move? Right. I'm fine. (laughs) Everyone says that moving is so stressful, and like it is to an extent, but I'll be honest. I think I said this on the last episode. I don't have to be out of my current place by a specific date so I can take it very slowly. Basically, I'm paying for a place that I'm not even living in. So there's Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) But uh, I hired the movers last week. So they came bright and early on Sunday. Of course, the one day that it was literally a torrential downpour in California is the Mm -hmm. day that I scheduled it for. How crazy is that? It, yeah, it was bizarre, but they were wonderful. They came in and got things done in about 45 minutes. Uh, I started to unpack. Oh yeah. Wow. 45 minutes. Yeah. Wow. I didn't have a whole lot of stuff, just like a little bit from a, a storage unit. So yeah, all of my big stuff, like, well, I don't have a bed. I don't have a couch. I only have a futon and this lovely dining room table that doesn't fit. So I'm going to have to <laughs> do something with that. Um, but yeah, I have not done any of the real unpacking. I have not set up the internet. That's, that's the reason I haven't moved in there yet is because I don't have the internet. And I was assuming that I could use my hotspot because I use it anywhere. And I went over there when the movers showed up and hotspot wasn't working. My phone wasn't even working in there. So, uh, it's been, you know, a a busy week like they all are. So hopefully Mm -hmm. Today or tomorrow, I will get that done and then start moving in for sure uh, over the weekend. But it's I'm been glad to hear that it hasn't been stressful. They say that moving is like up there with like somebody dying in your family as for how mm-hmm. stressful it is. And that has 100% been my experience. Like I hate moving. I hate everything yeah. about moving. Well, so- yeah, I mean, I certainly don't enjoy it, but... <laughs> It, you know, like last week, it was a lot of the running around. So go to the bank and get the check and you know, sign the lease and all that. So just a lot of I's to dot and T's to cross, which last day of Mercury retrograde, you know how I feel you about did that. A really interesting story, Mars, about how sometimes we can be so busy and, and constantly doing yet not moving at all. Yes. Was that sort of yes. what you were referring to was that day? Uh, that day. Yes. Because I woke up and they, they told me that they were going to come around nine o'clock and I always have my phone on silent, especially in the morning when I'm trying to do my morning routine. So I have my coffee and like get my journal out, you know, like, okay, nice, relaxing morning. And I have got about an hour and then I get a call, which I missed two of their calls because they called at eight o'clock. They're like, truck is packed. We're on our way. So I've got to get in my car, go meet them. And I was walking up and down the halls a little bit and I was unpacking boxes, but yeah, I was just, I had so much going on. Mm -hmm. And then once I left the place, I had to go back and get right to work. So writing client programs, creating content, uh, you know, texting with a bunch of people. And then I went to the gym and my gym workouts, you know, it's like do a set and rest. (laughs) So I don't move around a whole lot. So by, I don't know, five o'clock, I had like 4,000 steps. I'm like, but I feel like I've been going non constantly. 
You probably got, you probably burned plenty of energy. Just if you think mental, physical, emotional to call it good for the day. For sure. I still got my 10,000 steps. Come on. (laughs) Look at you. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, so things are, things are going well. I'm excited to officially be in there hopefully soon. So thank you for asking. And Mm -hmm. Katie, you, well, both of you guys are like, oh, there's nothing exciting going on in our lives. Uh, hello, book release. It's 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 going, it's, you know, it's interesting. And I really appreciate a lot of the feedback I'm getting from people because as you ladies know, you've paged through it. It is unlike anything else really in that I've ever seen before where it kind of just like Mary's recipes and stories and it sort of bridges where I went being a, a pretty firm macro counter um, to where I exist today, which is a much more flexible place where, you know, macros and numbers can exist, but they are not the driver of how I make my decisions any longer. And so I think that there's that messy middle where people don't really talk about it. It's like a before or after picture where you were wow. there, then now you're here, but like, oh my gosh, hello. Like I, I was that person kind of waving flags. Like, how did you get from here to there? Can somebody please like show me the roadmap? And so while there's no roadmap, I at least show you like how I fumbled my way through it and, and, and share a lot of those stories and what I did. And so um, it's been really well received. And, and my favorite part is, of course, I love when people love the recipes, but when somebody resonates with the experience and the writing, like I just feel such a huge connection and it's been, um, you know, so powerful and, and overwhelming and I'm grateful. So thank you for asking. You ladies will have your copy soon. Yay. Fantastic. Well, well, I saw my digital copy and yeah. uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to make your ed- vegetable like egg bake. I can't remember what it's called, but maybe it's called. Yep. That. Something like that. <laughs> I'm excited to try it. It's a good breakfast. And you're such a talented writer. So it's really oh. marrying both of your uh, passions and skill sets. I mean, skills that you're a great cook too, but you're a beautiful writer. So thank I you. can't wait to hear or to read all about it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And then Kim, nothing for you. I don't know, ladies, there's nothing much happening here. I did. <laughs> I saw, I, yeah, I'm just, uh, just living, working, working out. Nothing much exciting. I'm not traveling. So it probably feels like nothing. What's that? You're not traveling for a I'm minute. So it probably feels right? like nothing's I'm happening. Not <laughs> I'm excited to talk to our guests today. So I really, I just don't have much that nobody needs to hear what's happening with me today. <laughs> Yes, so very special guest today. I am very pleased to share that we have my, I don't like to call her my assistant coach, my co-coach on my team, Michaela Coley. So we are going to be talking all about body image and Michaela, in my opinion, is the queen of talking body image on Instagram. She just has such amazing insights around it. It's so interesting because you have been working with me for now, what, since February? Yeah. It's almost been a year. And I just realized last month what your old Instagram handle (laughs) stood for. It was like LYB nutrition. I was like, what? Like I could not figure it out. And for some reason I never asked you love your body, love your body. It like finally resonated with me. It's like, Oh, I get it now. So amazing. Yes. So I want to know from you kind of what started you on this body image journey of yours, where you really started to start like shift your content 
to talking more about that. Um, yeah, well, it's this as you gave a great segue with the name because I actually started my account initially before I was ever into macros, before I ever knew anything about, you know, certifications and nutrition, nothing like that. I was still in the throes of like fad dieting and multi-level marketing diets and all kinds of stuff. But I did start an Instagram page to kind of like have, I guess, self accountability and maybe create a community there. Um, and I called it like love your body journey project was like what I called it. And that was back in 2016. So it was a long time ago. And, um, it was just, I kind of got to this point where I had been almost tough loving myself through everything all the time. And I decided, you know, I do want to change what I look like. I do want to change things about my life and what, you know, my health, but I'm sick of hating myself through it. Um, and that sounds all nice and wrapped up in a bow, but it was very, not like that. It was like that, that was my goal. And so I just kind of faked it till I made it on that side, but it was not actually, I mean, I still struggled with body image for years and years afterward. Um, but it was kind of cool. Cause I saw it pop up on a Facebook memory the other day of like a photo shoot that I did for that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, the whole sentiment hasn't really changed. It's just kind of evolved into different things. So that's really where the LYB started because it was this like, love your journey, body journey project. And then, um, it kind of, I just kept shortening it. And then now I think that, um, love, loving your body is something that's not necessarily attainable for a lot of people. I think that, you know, body image is actually more about body neutrality, more about your body image, maybe just not taking up a lot of brain space. And so I did change my handle just to my name, just to have it be a little bit more personal, but I still like the LYB portion of it. So now my like tagline, I guess you could call it is love your body, live your best. Cause I think that when you're living your best life, your body image kind of just follows with that because you're not so focused on your body or focused on your life. So mm-hmm. yeah, long, long would answer to that. <laughs> no, no, that's beautiful. Um, well then tell us a little bit about how you got started on your nutrition coaching journey. Yeah. So I was a client of a company where, um, it was the first time I ever heard of macros. I started counting macros. Um, and I feel like my favorite story about counting macros, I think we all do this when we first start, or at least all of our clients do where we like hold on to all of our carbs until the end of the day. And then we're eating the most ridiculous combinations of foods to try to like hit macros perfectly. <laughs> so I would, it'd be like nine o'clock at night and I'd have like gummy bears and then like rice cakes and Turkey. And it was like the most random thing just to hit numbers. Um, which I think is just kind of the beginners, you know, portion of things. But, um, I, so I had started doing that. And then when, it kind of just released me from all of this, like fad dieting and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, gosh, I want to do this for other people. Um, and a friend at the time was like, you should just get certified. So I did, I went through, got my certification. And then, um, I started interning for the same company I was a client of and interned under a wonderful mentor, um, helped her with clients and then decided I kind of wanted to do something different. And I slid into Marcy's DMS and <laughs> she needed an assistant coach. Um, and she said, yes. And so that's kind of how I ended up here, but I really just wanted to get, I felt so free after I learned about macros and how much control I could have and not having food guilt or food fears, um, and anything like that. So I wanted to give that to other people. So I have a question for you, Michaela is macro tracking or weighing, tracking your food, your body at in any way, still a part of who you are today. 
Yes. So I actually am a firm believer in not tracking at maintenance and tracking and deficits, as long as you've done enough work to know how to track or not track it at maintenance. So when I'm in maintenance phases, I am maybe tracking like once every two weeks, just to kind of check in on myself and specifically my protein. Mm-hmm. But I have, you know, pretty much gotten it down to an intuitive science of my own body knowledge to be able to not do that. So mm-hmm. that's usually my goal for clients too, is let's track your maintenance when you're first starting. So you can feel what that feels like. And then let's start taking some days out so you can learn what that feels like without having numbers telling you the story, but in a deficit, obviously I am tracking my macros and being on top of it. And then typically in a reverse too, just to ensure I don't go too far. But I think also being in a deficit too long, you can, um, you start to feel like that's just natural. So if I'm in a deficit too long, I tend to naturally under eat if I'm not tracking in the reverse portion of it. So, Ah. yeah. So being a coach in the fitness industry, you help people with their nutrition, you help them, whether their goal is to lose fat or build muscle, whatever it is. Um, there are people, I'm not these people, by the way, who say (laughs) you can't be working with that and helping somebody learn to love their body at the same time. Like those two things are at odds. I don't agree with that, but I'm curious, how do you reconcile that? How do you marry those two things? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point because there's so many things in this industry that are so black and white, and there's so much nuance and gray area to be discussed Mm -hmm. there. But I think that, you know, a lot of feeling good about yourself comes from taking care of yourself. And in my opinion, that is very much not even related to macros. Like the the amount that you're actually consuming is likely not causing you to feel good or bad about yourself. Most days, it's going to be the quality of food you eat. It's going to be, if you're sleeping enough, it's going to be how your workouts are feeling. If you're recovering correctly, um, you know, are you energized? Do you want to play with your kids in the backyard that day? Are you sitting on your couch for nine hours a day? Um, and my favorite is when I get clients and they're like, I do CrossFit six days a week and I count my macros and nothing's changing. And I'm like, all right, well, what do you do the rest of the day? And they're like, well, I work. And then I drive home and then I sit on my couch and then I go to bed. I'm like, so you, you move your body six hours a week and they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I think that just the over that, and you know, those things have nothing to do with macros and can totally affect not only weight loss, but it will affect how you feel about yourself. Because if you're feeling energized and you feel like you're productive, you feel like you're getting things done. Um, you're sleeping well. I mean, all those things at the end of the day are what make you feel good and make you enjoy your life. And so, yes, there's a certain portion of body image that comes from, you know, what you look like in the mirror, but I think there's a much bigger portion of body image that comes from how you feel. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, the way I kind of look at it, and this isn't like my whole, like encompassing, like feelings about the idea of body image, but I really do like looking at the idea of loving your body in the terms of using love as an action word, like as a verb there. So we act loving to our body. It doesn't necessarily have to be a feeling because like you said, it's sometimes for some people, it's hard to attain that like feeling of like, I love my body because some days you do and some days you don't. Some people are really good with it. They're just like, I just do. But for those of us who don't always feel like that, the idea that we love our body as in we are loving to it, we treat it lovingly, we speak Mm -hmm. lovingly about it, we nourish it, we exercise it. That for me is a big piece of reconciling, like loving our bodies and wanting to change them. Yeah, I love what you said too about body neutrality and how it just doesn't occupy your brain space. And to me, that's a beautiful thing because look at what it can make room for when you step aside and give it that space. Mm-hmm. 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 Body neutrality is such a big step for so many people going, yes. from, I hate my body 
like going to like, I love my body is a massive step. So even just taking that step to body neutrality is, is a big place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just not linear either. I mean, I, I think I have the best body image I've ever had in my whole life. And there are still days where I'm like, ugh, like don't not like totally loving what my body looks like or feels like today. And, but it just, it's the ability to be like, whatever, it's not going to ruin my day. And I think that's yes. more of the, I don't like to say a finish line. Cause I don't think you ever really cross this finish line with body image, but I think it's when you really feel like you've made it to the other side is when you can have a bad body image day and it doesn't ruin your day. It's just kind of mm-hmm. part of the day for that day. And it's, you just move on or you wear, you wear your bigger jeans that day and call it whatever. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that's another important part or point of discussion is the shifting of how we feel about our body from day to day, because it happens all the time. So I can wake up one day feeling great. And then the next morning I wake up and I don't like what I see. I don't feel good in my body and nothing has actually changed from one day to the next. Like when we are talking objectively, I likely look the same. Okay. Maybe I'm a little bit more bloated, but nothing has significantly changed, but the way that I feel about it or perceive it definitely can. So maybe we talk about some of the reasons why you might have that shift from day to day and how you feel that has nothing to do with what you actually look like in the moment. Yeah. I think, um, for a lot of people, uh, external stressors manifest themselves in body image. And, um, I think I told, I think I called Marcy there about something. Cause I feel like, oh, my body image is totally good now. And now I feel like anytime I experience stress, it's manifesting itself in this whole other different realm that I didn't know existed because I've kind of worked on this. But I think for most people, it's like, they didn't sleep well at night. They wake up and their body image is crap the next day. They had a later dinner than they expected. And maybe they're a little bit bloated, but then their body image is crap. I think mm-hmm. for women, especially, um, I, our cycles have a huge impact on that. Like my weight goes up and I kind of have this weird body image stuff happen every time I ovulate. And I have no idea why, but it just happens. Sometimes it's just hormonal. It's just kind of what's going on. Um, stressors in general, I think can, it it feels like automatically, if you're really struggling at work or if you and your spouse are fighting, or if something like that is coming up, I mean, even a move, I'm in the middle of a move too. Marcy's moving, you know, like when move stuff comes up, that can automatically derail a bunch of things. And I see it all the time where clients are like, they just decide to manifest all of that into, I hate my body. My body is bad. I'm not doing well. Um, I think what it comes down to is everything we've said, right? Like sleep, nourishing yourself, love, loving as an act towards your body and what you're doing for your body. When there's times of stress and there's times of things that are out of routine, those things are lacking. So all of a sudden, all the things that make you feel good about your body or makes are the love portion of your body are not happening. And so you automatically feel like, oh, now my body image is horrible because I'm not doing the things that would make me feel my best, but it's also just not always available to hit all of the marks all the time. And so, um, you know, like Marcy said, being, being aware of it and waking up and objectively being like nothing actually changed. Mm -hmm. But, um, sometimes combating that just means, you know, just saying like today I need to wear bigger pants today. I need to wear something that's a little bit more forgiving today. Mm -hmm. I need to drink a lot more water or I need to take myself for a walk so I can just get some fresh air. Um, and realizing that, you know, I think in general, all of these things that we talk about, are so much more to feel good and not necessarily be like, look, coach, look at my bill of everything I did this week that I did everything perfectly. And, you know, checked off all the boxes. It's more of, you know, that's what we were doing. So 
I like that you're talking about how you feel. I think that's so important. And you actually have a really cool post. And this <laughs> sort of is, is on the other side of it, um, where you talk about being a healthy wife and not a skinny bride. And the reason I like this is because I think so many of us build up to something, an occasion, an event, an experience, a one day thing where there's going to be photographs and, you know, all the feelings in the world may not balance how you want to look in pictures that day. So it sounds like you reconciled it really well for yourself, but can you talk a little bit about how you would address that with someone who's conflicted about this, about sort of like letting go of the, the need to just like diet to the point that you are a shell of yourself just to like look good on a certain day. Yeah. I think this is perfectly timed because we have family photos tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and I'm being really ballsy and getting my hair cut today. So like, wait, 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 how much are you cutting off? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I asked, I asked my husband last night and he said like, I should cut off like four inches and I was like, whoa, whoa. whoa buddy. <laughs> um, but my hair is really, it's probably longer than it's ever been. So I'm kind of ready for a little bit of a change. And I do, I do know my hairstylist and I trust her, but I wanted to see her one more time before I left. Um, but you know, same thing. I'm kind of like, oh gosh, what am I wearing? I need to have, you know, I need to go get my eyebrows waxed. I need to go get everything ready. And we kind of set this stage up and most of the time it's really just not that big of a deal, but I think specifically to my wedding, I was not in a, I was actually my heaviest or close to my heaviest on my wedding day. And, um, that was really hard for me. And I knew I wasn't able to be in a deficit beforehand, not only for the stress and everything else, but also because I was in a deficit for too long beforehand. So I had to be in maintenance leading up to my wedding. It was terrible timing, but, um, you know, I realized, and I think that we can all agree that looking back on pictures can make people feel some sort of way. And I always, I always just tell myself, I want to look back on pictures and think two things. One, what was that memory? And was I enjoying myself? And two, how much have I improved since then? And that doesn't necessarily have to be what you look like. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking back on a photo and thinking, okay, I remember having a great day that day, but I also remember not taking any photos in my bikini because I didn't feel comfortable. And I just got back from a vacation where I took photos in a bikini and that's a huge progress mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, if, if you have kids, I mean, I know that there's a lot of a lot of photographers I know say like, Hey parents, it's like family photo season. And the worst thing you can do is try to make your kids look perfect. Like mm-hmm. just let them be. And you smile because every time your kid smiles, you're yelling at them to smile. And now we don't have a good picture. Cause you're not smiling or looking. And been I think, there. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think everybody's been there. And I think we strive so hard to make something so perfect for one moment that when you look back and we, I think we've all had it where you look back at a photo and you're like, that was such a crappy day. Like that was not a fun experience. Um, you know, or like, you know, maybe you and your friends have pictures from a concert and you're like, that was a terrible concert. And we all got in a fight that night. Like, why do I even want this photo anymore? But you cared so much about just documenting what it looked like. And I think having the difference between like, do you want your life perfectly documented in a way that looks amazing? Or do you want to like live your life and look back at it in a way that feels great because everything you did was what you wanted. I felt beautiful on my wedding day. And I won't even lie to you. I got a lot of my photos back and hated them. And I was like, almost pissed about it. I was like, how was I so wrong about what I looked like? Um, and I had to kind of just calm down. And one of my friends even said, she was like, when you're used to wearing black all the time, being photographed in a massive white dress is going (laughs) to make you feel crazy about yourself. Um, and I think that's what happened. So to answer your question, I think a lot of it is just 
realizing that there's a difference between life captured and life happening. And if you, if you care so much about what it's captured, you're likely going to miss out not only on what's happening, but you're going to look back at those photos and only remember all the stress and the negativity that went around them. So that's fantastic. I love that. I, I have encouraged clients in the past too, who present a before picture or what they want to look like again. And it's either when they were in high school and 17 or a time when they were just so depleted and so unhealthy in so many other ways. Like maybe they felt like they looked great in that photograph, but they're forgetting all of the other little caption bubbles around that, that surrounded that moment in time. And so I love what you said. Will you say that one more time? It, it's the difference between like capturing a life. What was that again? Now, now I have to remember. <laughs> like capturing like, a moment and versus capturing life or something like that. Yeah, I guess if you want, you know, um, do you want it to look perfect? Like a moment cap? No, we were going to have to rewind this and I know, write it sorry. Okay. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was very beautiful. Stated. Thank you. Um, I don't, it, it just kind of came out. I've never said that before. So we will have to <laughs> rewind it and I'll make it a post. Um, yes. <laughs> no, I think that's true. I've asked clients before, if you want to look like that, tell me every other thing that came with that life. And do you want that back too? Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's no. So mm-hmm. true. It's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to remember though. Because, you know, I've had people comment on old pictures of mine and be like, you looked better then. And I was like, I have no idea, like how unhealthy I was. Like, and I look at it and I was just like, oh my gosh, like my life was a mess as far as my eating. Like, and I didn't know that at the time. I thought this was totally normal. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought it was totally normal that I was on vacation and like everyone else got pizza and I got this terrible salad and like, I actually cried. Like, like it was okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I was working towards a goal. Cause my salad, like I I ordered the salad guys and it was so sad. Like I thought (laughs) it was delicious and it was like mealy tomatoes and like boiled chicken And like, I ate the dang thing instead of just eating the pizza. And like, that's what comes, like when I think about the pictures I looked like back then, like I think of stuff like that, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and comparison even to our former selves can be hard, but I do think comparison to uh, to others can be a really big part of not being at peace with our own body image. And even having, like you were talking about these bad bad body image days, I think comparison can play a big role in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Comparison is the worst. I think it's, it's, I mean, for anything in life, it's comparing houses, comparing kids, comparing what your kitchen looks like compared to someone else's your, I mean, my husband stood outside and he's like, why does their yard look so much better than ours? And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) but it's men do it too. Yeah. Men do it too with things that deal with their yards, apparently. (laughs) Um, so I think, you know, comparison is really, it can rob you of a lot of different things and And you just never, I don't think anybody, even some of our best friends never know everything we're going through or dealing with. And so even if that's with your best friend, somebody you're seeing on the internet, or even like an old friend that you kind of knew a few years ago, and you're watching all this stuff happen over online, it's, you don't actually know what's going on. I mean, they might be working on their body because their marriage is falling apart. Like they Mm -hmm. might be, they may be looking the way they do because they absolutely hate their job and they, it's their only way of de-stressing is to go to the gym and, and they're not actually healthy anymore. I mean, there's so many nuances to life that you just don't know what people are going through. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's been the best thing for me to remember with comparison is that people just, you just don't know what, what's going on in people's lives. Yeah. So what are your recommendations for avoiding comparison? Uh, well, number one, clean up your social media. Um, I think that I, I think a lot of people talk about this. I've talked about it before, but cleaning up your social media, if you're only 
following people who look like your dream body when that dream body is not either one, what you look like right now, or two, not even attainable for you. Um, you know, like if I'm following a bunch of, I'm five, eight, if I'm following a bunch of five foot petite, tiny people, I'm never going to look like them ever. (laughs) Even if I get down to my lowest body fat, I'm never going to look like them because I'm much bigger boned. I'm much taller. Um, my proportions are different. So following people that look a little bit more similar to you, um, I think is a big one because when you're scrolling your feed and all of a sudden everybody looks like you, you're suddenly not feeling like there's anything wrong. Um, or you might follow someone. I mean, I follow a couple of people that have the similar body type to me and maybe they have more muscle than I do, or they're a little bit more lean than I am. And I don't necessarily feel like I'm comparing, but I do feel like now that person is more of a inspiration for me. That's attainable because I'm like, Oh yeah, like that's Mm -hmm. something that my body could potentially look like, but it's also my body. So it might look totally different at a different, um, body type percentage. And I think that's, I think that's a big thing too, is just understanding and telling yourself all the time, you know, I could eat, do have the exact same life. I mean, if Marcy and I lived the exact same life, we would never look the same (laughs) ever. Mm -hmm. And so that's, um, and I did, I lived with her for three days. And so I like got an insight of what her life looks like. And, you know, we would still never look the same if we lived the same life like that. And so understanding that things are just different with each person and clearing up what you're comparing to, I think also understanding your triggers. I have a lot of, um, you know, coming up with the holidays. I have a lot of clients that are like, I'm so anxious about Thanksgiving. I haven't seen my family in two years. I put on some weight during COVID or I lost weight during COVID. Um, and I'm nervous about the comments and I'm nervous about seeing people or, you know, maybe there's this one cousin that's always prettier than you or always looks better than you or always dresses better than you. And you're like already thinking about what on earth you're going to wear to Thanksgiving. And I think, understanding and just being aware of some of those like trigger people, I guess we could call them are, is a big one because then when your emotions come up, you can say, I don't need to compare myself to them. They're a different person than me. I knew this would be hard for me and I don't need to let it ruin my day. And, um, you know, I think other times it just kind of wallops you and catches you off guard and you kind of forget how you're going to feel around that person. And sometimes it's not even a big deal, but that's definitely been coming up. I don't know about you guys with people, but I think that's been coming up more recently with the holidays kind of coming into play. So, oh yeah. People love to comment on a a changed body. There's like nothing more enticing than, especially on Instagram when, you know, somebody scrolls deep in my feed or asks me about a transition and then everybody wants to share how they feel about, about a changed body. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, right? Cause I have, I had somebody to say like, you know, you look great. Like, and she told me that, and I have been working and I have been trying to change what I look like a little bit, but I think, you know, to me, it's kind of hard. Cause it's like this, I work in this industry and I'm like, Oh, don't tell people that you don't know what I've been doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And what if I was doing something really unhealthy and, um, you know, but my sister is so good about it. And she, she commented the other day and she was like, you just look so confident and happy. And I was like, oh, that's, that's the is. kind of stuff people mm-hmm. need to hear. They need to hear you look confident. You look happy. You look healthy. You know, you look like you're taking care of yourself. Like there's so many other ways to compliment and acknowledge the work. Maybe somebody is trying to do. Um, the other thing is like weight loss isn't everything. I've had friends lose a ton of weight over breakups and they look horrible. Like they look <laughs> like the, like they look like the soul has been taken out of them. Like their eyes are sunken in or they're just, they look exhausted. And, you know, imagine going up to that person being like, you look great. Like you look like you lost weight. Like it's like, no, but do they look confident? Do they look happy? Do they look healthy? Probably not. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting because even the word healthy, it can be triggering for people. And I know that it's been triggering for me. And one, I feel like it was one of my clients recently. I had a conversation with somebody it's escaping me who it was, but yeah, they were triggered by the word healthy because they associated healthy with weight gain. So, and I know for me, you know, when I had a, I came from a disordered eating background, I was very thin in college and the couple of years after that. And like, I loved being lean. That was the way that I controlled everything around me. It's like, if I can control my body, then everything is okay. And there were people who were very worried about me and they expressed that worry. So when someone was saying, oh, wow, Mars, you look really healthy. I'm like, uh, it's because I've gained weight, you know? And then that- Yes. And luckily, like I had done the work or I knew of the, like the reasons why I had a stronger why at that point as to why I did not want to go back to where I was. But even though I had been doing that work, it was still a little bit triggering to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think even hearing, you know, you look great, you know, I think sometimes because of the culture we live in, we automatically assume like they think I look smaller. Um, Mm. that's not always the case. You know, sometimes that person could have said like, you look great just because I do look happy or I do look Mm. healthy or I do look confident. Um, and all those things still fall under great. (laughs) And so they might not have meant it that way, but I think, um, you know, understanding those things and, and the dinner table comments, God, I, last year I put a question box up and I might do it again this year with what people heard from other people at the dinner table. And, the like audacity of some of these humans at dinner. I'm like, how are you asking people this stuff? How are you like commenting on how many roles they're getting or, and I'm sure we've all experienced it where it's like, oh, you're a nutritionist or you're a coach and you're going to eat that. Like, and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. Like that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm pretty sure that's why Friendsgiving is a thing because people were like, oh my gosh, you can't pick your family. So let's have yeah. a do over with our friends. <laughs> so true. That is true. I so think it's I think a great like rule to never comment on people's food for oh, any yeah. oh, please. Mm-mm. I have a whole flow chart of that on my feed somewhere. Like oh, really? on someone's plate and really the answer is no. It just keeps yeah. going down to always <laughs> saying, wow, that looks delicious. Where can I get <laughs> right? <that?" laughs> mm-hmm. But but to bring it back to what you were talking about earlier, Michaela, with going into the holidays and perhaps being worried about what those comments are going to be. How have you coached your clients who have expressed that concern to you? Like, what are you saying to them? Well, so I personally like being their back pocket shield. And like, I'm like, if you want to, you can be like, I hired a coach and I'm doing what she said. So leave it alone. Like, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's all it takes. I mean, I've been in a gym before where I feel like, what if somebody comes and comments on my form and just the thought of being able to say like, oh, I actually have a strength coach and this is what he told me to do, but thank you Mm -hmm. is enough for me to feel like I have like a nice little barrier around me of like, you can't touch me because I already, I already know what I'm doing because I have somebody else who's telling me what to do. Um, so I would say for my clients, that's a big one because they like to be able to just knock it down like that and say, look, I'm paying for somebody and this is what they wanted me to do. So I'm going to listen to them. Thanks for your opinion. Um, I can get a little bit spicy. I'm an Aries. I'm a little bit confrontational. (laughs) So (laughs) I, you know, I think that sometimes my responses are going to be a little bit more hard headed, but you know, even just a change of subject can really, I mean, silence is very loud. And if you, just change the subject that really shuts people up. And I think remembering as well, that a lot of people who are making those comments, they're projections of their own insecurities. And they, if they are commenting on your plate, they might be jealous. Like they might Mm -hmm. be like, I know she wants to lose weight and she just got a piece of pumpkin pie 
how is she okay with just eating that in front of everyone? I wish I could eat that in front of everyone. And then they make some snide comment about it because they're Mm -hmm. insecure and they're upset. Um, and maybe they wish they were you and, but you're sitting on the other receiving end of that saying like, gosh, should I should have gotten the pie? Maybe I shouldn't have like, you know, now everybody's noticing me eating. Um, and I think that's a big thing too, with just body image is remembering so many people are so much more focused on themselves that, and what they're doing and what they look like. And, you know, at the beach, nobody gives a crap what you look like. They are sitting there picking themselves apart more than anything else. And so, um, you know, go out, wear the bikini. But I think that that's a big thing with the plate thing too, is people are so focused on like, is everybody noticing what I'm getting? Did people notice if I got seconds? Do people notice what I'm eating? Um, that they might make a comment because they're, they're so concerned with themselves. And, and so I think that's a good thing to remember. The other thing is that you can be like, I mean, again, I'm a little hard headed, so you can be like, yeah, why does it matter? You know, like, what does it mean? What does it matter? I mean, cause I think sometimes people do, I mean, again, family dynamics, it depends. I'm a fighter in my family. So like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to ask that question and probably get met with like, you know, some gaping responses of like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, and I think, you know, that was one thing when I was growing up, my mom always used to tell me, you know, if somebody's being mean to you, ask them what their point is like, okay, well, what are you trying? What are you trying to get across? And I think with food, sometimes you can be in a gentle, but firm way say like, yeah, I did get pie. Like, did, did you have a question about it? Or, you know, did you, can I help you? Like, can I help answer something for you with that? Like, what's your point here kind of in a nicer way, but again, I'm probably not the best person to ask. Cause I'm no, that's a good reflection. I like that, that it sort of forces someone to give a second thought to the words that just came out of their mouth. Like, please explain yourself. <laughs> right. And I'm sure there's a much more nice and kind and not starting family drama way. (laughs) Well, I like your first suggestion is my go-to for my clients is to just change the subject. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's somebody commenting on your weight or your food or whatever it is like to just change the subject, usually best by asking them a question about something, you know, they want to talk about because everybody likes to talk about themselves. And so they'll move quickly on. I actually had a client the other day, she was nervous about if her friends, her friends was raising her and she was nervous, like, I don't want them to see me tracking my food. And I don't want to explain myself with that. And I said, that's totally fine. You don't have to track if you don't want to, but also we're in a maintenance. So how refreshing would it be to be like, yeah, I actually want to make sure I'm eating enough. Cause I wasn't eating enough beforehand. And I think sometimes even shifting that mentality for people, like, I mean, you can change a whole dinner table if you're like, yeah, actually I've been working with a coach and I'm like enjoying my food more now. And I'm not scared of carbs anymore. And I feel better. And so like, we've been working a lot on me eating foods that I actually like and just stopping when I'm full. And I mean, how refreshing would that be for the whole table probably. And every single person that's sitting there struggling to even bring that up. I mean, if you feel comfortable and confident enough to say something like that, I think bringing that up is a big one. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I mean, at some point someone has to be the generational rule breaker because mm-hmm, right. so much of, you know, what we think about our bodies or food is inherited from the people who came before us. So whether it was, you know, our parents, our grandparents, and at some point, yeah, if we want to break the cycle, then someone has to go first. So starting that conversation can be really helpful. Yeah. And I think just it, sometimes it's refreshing, you know, everybody's always talking about a diet. Everyone's always talking about how they're going to lose weight. There's, I guarantee at every dinner table at Thanksgiving, there's going to be some like, oh, work this off tomorrow or mm-hmm. good thing I went for a run this morning. And, you know, I think sometimes just being that voice in the background, that's like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go back to my normal routine tomorrow and enjoy my food today is 
kind of, it can be, you know, it can be very loud to people to be like, wow, there's, there's, that's a, that's an option. People do that. (laughs) We can, Mm -hmm. we can actually heal this. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I love that you suggested in one of your posts about ways to heal or having a better day, just being off Instagram, but things that don't even necessarily relate to like eating or exercise. Like, can you talk a little bit more about a couple of those things you did on a day that you were not on Instagram that had nothing to do with food or fitness that actually contributed to a better body image day for you? Yeah, I think, I mean, not being on Instagram, I think is big. Cause I don't think you realize how much you compare yourself. And so I think that's, again, just going back to the social media thing, but, um, you know, you, when your time, when you really feel like your time is yours, you do a lot more different things with it. <laughs> and I felt like that day and just on days that I'm not feeling, you know, great. Or if I'm trying to like help my body image a little bit, like just doing things that fill my cup. And I think that, um, you know, being outside, even if it's just like, I want to go read a book for a few hours, or I want to read, you know, sit outside for a little bit and just get some sun or, um, you know, I love organizing. So organizing some things, throwing out some things, decluttering, I mean, all that stuff can just make you feel more of yourself and more of a human a little bit. And Mm -hmm. when you feel that again, like everything, in my opinion, I think that like 80% of body image is how you actually feel. And it has really nothing to do with you look like and what you look like. And I think that being able to feel your best as much as you can, what, what, regardless of that looks like, I mean, some days that looks like taking a nap. Some days that looks like not working out. Some days that looks like going to bed earlier than you usually do. Um, other days, that means maybe you stay up a little bit later than you usually do because you want to get stuff done around your house so that you wake up to a really clean kitchen and, you know, some things in order. And, um, we all know our own things that make us feel better and make us feel like we're a little bit more on top of stuff. And I think that being able to give it time and effort to those things is a big one. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I know, I mean, even as my business has evolved, supporting more people, I find that when I am doing something for another person, so like being in service to somebody else, that is what gets me out of my own head. So, and I've said this so many times, but people care more about how you make them feel than what you look like. And I really do believe that is true because for, you know, anyone that I am friends with anyone in my life who I really care about. I, I don't care what they look like. I mean, to an extent, like if they are unhealthy and I realize that they are not taking good care of themselves, then yes, of course, that is something that would worry me, but their value to me as a person in my life does not have anything to do with their body size or what it looks like. And I mean, we know it's so much easier to say that about somebody else, but to actually apply it to ourselves can be very difficult. Um, but yeah, just like to take the attention off myself, it's always like, okay, what can I give to another person? How can I make them feel better? Yeah. And I think that's a good point too. Cause your friends don't care how you, what you look like either. You know, you don't, you you're there. They care that you're happy. I mean, I had a friend who had gained a lot of weight and it was a big red flag to me because I knew she was depressed. And I was like, you aren't yourself. How are you doing? Um, fast forward five years, she had lost the weight. She's gained some of it back and she's the happiest she's ever been. And I'm not concerned about her. Like it was never about the size. It was never about the weight. It was about the reflection of what that meant for her. And I think that remembering that for our own selves of like, our friends don't care what we look like. They don't care, you know, what size we are. They care that we are looking happy and healthy and, you know, in our lives is really important, but yeah, giving, 
giving attention to other things, other people pouring into other people's lives is a great way to just not even think about what's going on for you and your own self. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Well, oh, I just have one more question because this is something that you've been talking about a little bit and you mentioned it briefly when you were discussing the pictures that you saw from your wedding, but I know you've been out doing a lot of things recently, just having <laughs> fun, living life. I'm like, look at her. <laughs> I'm living yes. vicariously through Michaela recently. Oh my gosh. It has been even like some of my best friends are like, what is happening over there? Like it is, I I'm never doing this many random, spontaneous, chaotic things, but we're about to leave Texas. And so we just decided to do all the things in the last three weeks. No, but but it's great. Like that is what life is about. It's about living, not just like working. And yeah. So, but something that you bring up is looking at yourself in pictures and how pictures can be very deceiving and to not take them at face value. So Explain a little bit more what you mean by that. Um, that. Well, I think my favorite line is that nobody actually knows what they look like. Um, Like you don't actually know. You've never seen yourself in person. You've seen yourself in a mirror. You've seen yourself in a reflection. You've seen Mm -hmm. yourself on camera. Um, You don't actually know. I mean, everybody else knows what you look like more than you do. So I think understanding that your opinion is not necessarily correct all the time and that it might be a little bit jaded is a big thing because- Um, again, you're seeing yourself from a different lens all the time, whether that's the reflection or lens of a camera and your friends are seeing you in the same light all the time. So, um, that's a big one, but I think, you know, I posted yesterday, I went to Waco, took the day off and went to Waco (laughs) and went with a friend and they had these bean bags there and they were like the most comfortable bean bags in the world. And I just was living my best life in the sun, just like totally relaxed. And she took a picture of me. And I think it's really easy to see a picture like that and be like, Oh man, that is not a good photo of me. Delete that, you know, whatever. And I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, well, that wasn't the best, like moving on. And I don't, I don't ask her to delete it. I'm just like, but when I look at that photo again, like remembering the moments, I'm going to look back and be like, that was the most comfortable bean bag in the entire world. Um, and I think, angles though, make a big deal. So we, we ended up taking another photo. I was like, here, let me post for that. Cause I want to post the difference. And so I post for it. Super cute photo. I look probably 20 pounds lighter, um, just from her standing up and me posing. And I think that's important too, because, you know, sometimes we see photos and we decide that the bad ones are real and the good ones are posed. And we already have this deciphering idea that if it looks bad, that must be what I look like. That must be the reason I need to start losing weight. That's going to be, I saw this photo of me and I knew I needed to hire a coach. I hear that all the time. Um, whereas the other side of it is like, you see a good photo and you're like, Oh, that was good lighting. Oh, that was good posing. Oh, that was good. This, that was that. And I'm like, why is that crappy photo? The end all be all truth. When this good photo has all these excuses, like what if you flipped that and you were like, Oh, that's a great photo of me. And then you saw a bad photo and you're like, Oh, that's just bad lighting. Oh, that's just a bad angle. Oh, that's just not my best look. Um, and the other thing is I tell people all the time not to keep, not to delete photos immediately. Um, the way that you perceive those photos, like my wedding photos, when I, when it was our first year anniversary, I looked back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, some of these photos are so great. And I've never seen them. Right. Cause like when we first got our photos, I only took the 20 to 30 that I really, really liked, saved them on my phone. The rest of them were in the um, you know, like the USB or whatever. So when I came to my first year anniversary and I'm looking through everything, I'm like, man, some of these, I feel like I've never even seen, and they're so good. And I'm like, well, you hated them a year ago. Like you look, you're looking through a different lens now. And a year ago, you didn't like them. And that's why you didn't 
take them or grab them and look at them. Um, and I think the same can be true. For example, we have these family photos tomorrow and I'm doing everything in my power not to envision what I want them to look like. Because when you set yourself up like that, you are setting an expectation that cannot be met that you are. And most of the time it's actually less of what we do for ourselves. And it's more that we saw an outfit online or we saw a cute outfit on Pinterest or whatever, or family photos. And we are like, I want to replicate that or, you know, make that happen. And mm. so then we have that person's image in our head. We're expecting to get the camera back or the photo back and see that image on the screen. And it's not because we're different humans and they, they don't look the same and you're automatically let down because you set this like unattainable expectation of what you wanted that to look like. And so keeping the photos, not looking at them immediately so that you can have that expectation out of your head. So when you do look at them, you're looking in a different light. Um, I think secretly, I know, I know photographers need to edit and stuff, but I think secretly that's why they like, don't give people photos immediately because <laughs> you get kind of some time away from that, um, you know, that photo shoot to look at them. And but also just understanding again, like, you know, what are you trying to capture in those moments? Are you trying to capture an enjoyable time? I mean, there was definitely flattering and unflattering photos of me from going to the race this weekend, but that race was like one of the best weekends of my life. And I had the best time and I didn't really care what I looked like in most of those photos, because I just remember looking at those photos and being like, gosh, that was so much fun. And, um, I think that's, you know, with photos, everything can change. I mean, the angle can change. There was somebody on Instagram who took five different lenses of a camera and took pictures of people, just like their portrait and the same exact lighting, the same exact, um, you know, position just changed the lens out. And it, you would have thought they were five different humans and mm -hmm. it was the same person. Oh, interesting. Um, because one of them made their nose look wider. One of them made their nose look skinny. One of them made their forehead look bigger. One of them made their chin look, you know, wider or smaller or whatever. And when you're changing all those proportions of things, it looks like a different person. And, you know, that happens all the time. There was, there was a photo we took this weekend where we, we got to be on the track and there was like this big, tall thing. And so I stood in front of it and they took the photo. And because of how tall it was, he like did the zoom out feature on the phone. And so I look like this, like weird pancake. Like I look like this, like awkward stick and it doesn't like, you can tell my face is like squished. Um, cause he was just trying to get everything. He wasn't looking, he was just trying to get everything in the picture. And I'm like, exactly. But if it, what if it was the opposite, right? Like what if it was zoomed in the other way, or if I was standing maybe to the side and it was fishbowled a little bit. And all of a sudden I look like one and a half times wider than I usually do. Um, you know, how would I have felt about that photo? Would I have let it ruin my day? Would have I, would I have seen it and said, that's, that's what I look like. Oh my gosh, I need to make it change. But then I see this one where I'm super like tiny and I'm like laughing at it. Cause I look like I'm in a circus mirror, but I think that's all of those things change what you perceive in photos. And as long as I think awareness is just key with body image, as long as you're aware of like your triggers, you're aware of what makes you feel worse. You're aware of what makes you feel good. Having those things be in the back of your mind, you have a lot more control over your body image than you realize. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. That. Yeah. And I really do appreciate some of those accounts. I was looking it up uh, just now. Her name's Haley Madigan Fitness, I think, but yeah, she does those side-by-sides where, you know, it's literally five minutes apart and on one side, there's no cellulite, there's no stretch marks. Like she looks like this flawless person. And then on the other side, you see, you know, all the proverbial flaws and it just goes to show that lighting and angles and all that really does make them does matter and make a difference. So before you go comparing yourself, remember that you're probably not seeing the, the true reality. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think even when you see people in person that maybe you've only seen online for a while, I think, especially with COVID that's kind of happened where you've only see your friends and stuff online. And then you see them in person, you're, you kind of notice like, oh yeah, they have cellulite too. Oh yeah. Their stomach has rolls when they sit too. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we're all, we're all just human at the end of the day and our no, no one, not one person's body looks the way it does when it's perfectly posed online with perfect lighting. It's just, it's never, ever going to look like that in person. So, I mean, if somebody actually looks like that in person, I'd like to meet them, but I don't, I don't know if they exist yeah. or how you feel than how you look. I love how you just sum that up. And, and again, you know, we talk about how it is okay to still love yourself, love your body as a verb and still want to make changes to it. But let's be honest, change can take a long time. So what are you going to do? Sit around being miserable until you get to that, you know, to get to where you want to be, where, when you get to where you think you want to be, maybe you're not even going to be happy then. Mm-hmm. So it is so, it's so important to just, you know, do the work. And, and realize that it's going to be an evolving journey. It's not going to be linear, but, um, yeah, take good care of yourself mentally, physically, and just challenge those voices in your head because, you know, we only have one life and I've been reflecting on this a lot lately, like how, how much I can beat myself up. You know, that negative voice in my head can be very, very loud. I'm like, God, I'm going to spend, I've wasted so much time just like in this headspace, like it makes me really sad. And I don't want to keep doing that moving forward. Mm-hmm. No easier said than done. I know, but yeah, it's been something that I've been reflecting on quite a bit recently. So, and I think you made a great point because my body image, like I would say what really brought me over the hill and made me feel the best and my best, my best body image starting to happen was actually at my heaviest weight. And, um, I think it's, you know, we say it all the time that you see an old photo of yourself and you're like, gosh, like I thought I was so fat in that photo. And now I wish I could look like that. And it's like the perfect example that it is in your head. It's not necessarily what your body looks like. It's, you know, it's all the other external factors that we talked about today. So mm-hmm. it doesn't always, yes, you can still want to change your body. I think body acceptance does not have to mean that you have to accept exactly how your body is right now and never want to change it or improve it. But understanding that just because you change your body, isn't going to change your body image. And in fact, if you lose a bunch of weight really, really fast, your body image isn't going to be caught up with that. And it's going to be so much worse because you're not going to accept the work that you've done. You're not going to accept what you look like now. Um, and I think we see that a lot with people. So it's a great point. It's, it's coming from a place of punishment, not love. And there is, there's a different feeling that goes into that. Yeah. And there's a difference between being disciplined and being mean to yourself. Um, and you know, that's, that's exactly why I started everything. I started full circle. Cause I was sick of being mean to myself. I was sick of waking up and being like, well, do you want to be fat or do you want to weigh your egg whites this morning? <laughs> like, And that's not a way to live versus like, Hey, you're in a deficit right now. It sucks. It's only going to be like six weeks, but like, you just got to do it for six weeks and then you can get away from the weighing and tracking and the meticulousness of everything. So having that discipline and awareness versus being just mean and emotional about everything is big. And I think you know, I think we didn't touch on it today. Cause I think you guys have talked about it before, but you know, if your scale is your trigger, you need to get rid of it. I mean, that's there. It's so stupid to wake up every day and let a number affect your whole day and your body image. And if that's what's, if you're noticing that being your body image trigger, mm-hmm. that needs to just disappear. So mm-hmm. okay. yeah, that's the thing. Like you, you, we can educate people all day long on the scale and it's still 
is really difficult for people to disassociate their value or, you know, what their progress means if they are making progress based on the number. So I'm kind of getting to that point myself with my coaching where I'm like, I don't know if I want scale weight to be something that I, that I, um, you know, measure progress by anymore, even though I educate till the cows come home, you know, it still is having a hard time resonating with people. So, well, my dear, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. I appreciate all of your insight. Thank you guys. I loved being on here. So we appreciate you inviting me. Thanks, Michaela. Thank you. All right, everyone. We will catch you next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.